And much like Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley once stood on stage and said, no one thought this was going to last. Just like that, once again, men seeking tomahawks. They never said it was going to last, Dan, and here we are yet again. Just like Lisa Marie and Michael, we will last forever. Just proving everyone wrong. That's what all four of us are doing. We're chums. We're chums with those uh, uh, Jackson Presleys. We go summering with them. Don't want to brag a little bit, but here we are, Dan, yet again. How are you? That's good. I didn't expect to be talking about uh, Michael and and uh, and uh, Lisa Marie. Although I did, uh, I guess I couldn't call it summering, but I falled in Vegas a little bit this week and uh, stood next to a Elvis statue or two while I was there. So a little bit of Lisa Marie crossover there. Weird. That that is crazy. And you didn't even know that when you decided no. to start talking about it. Man. So. Stars are aligning. This is that's, a serendipitous start to the show, that's for sure. I, I, I've got chills. Hold on, look at my arm. See? Goosebumps. Yeah, I can tell you're chilly in several ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a proud man, Dan. Um, speaking of personal embarrassments, I wanted to start off with a little bit of chit-chat about uh, an air filter that I own. Do you... Uh, do you have like the the external air filter? Is that a is that a player in your house? It is. We have a couple. So one of our kids is pretty allergic to everything in the air. So mm-hmm. we've invested in some HEPA filters in in her room and out in some of the common areas. Um, yeah. So we we do sport a couple of those around the house. Yeah. Uh, air quality bad. You know, bugs, viruses, etc. Trying to do your due diligence there. And I've had one for. I've had a. I, I wouldn't say fancy. I mean, it's pretty fancy, but like, you know, I got it at the big box store. I didn't, I didn't go to Lisa Marie and Michael Jackson's, uh, shopping center that they frequent. I, uh, found it at the big box store, Dan, and I've had it for about a year now. And I think I've cleaned it once. And so the other day decided that that was the day that I was going to do a uh, full system reset, just complete teardown and rebuild that sucker so that I was not only getting the white noise that I enjoy so much in my bedroom, but I was also getting that, that healthful air, right? So my mine come with two different filters. They've got like a, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a charcoal kind of uh, filter. But then you've got one that looks like the kind that you put in your your traditional filters in the attic or in the garage or wherever you change your yeah. household filters. And then, But then you've got the machine too. So you actually were cleaning out the machine in addition to the filters? Whole thing. Pulled the screen, pulled the, pre, the charcoal filter, pulled the paper filter, just wiped it down, vacuumed. I used the, actually got on the YouTube, Dan. Have you heard of this thing, the YouTube? Got on that the YouTube and I pulled kids, up the, the kids swear by it the leaf blower and I pour I pushed the leaf blower I used that on the paper filter just went the to the outdoor leaf blower oh yeah this isn't just, like canned air this is like uh, no. electric air this is uh, frontier medicine is what I what I what I did on this thing anyway so I, I I cleaned this whole thing down right and I noticed a piece of tape that I had affixed to the top of the machine covering a light. And I didn't really know much about this light. All I know is that when, when Jack's sleeping, light bad, mm. right? So I just covered this light. And little did I know, after I did this reset, I didn't, I didn't replace the tape. So the light was exposed in all its glory. And I realized very quickly that this light was a very smart light. This light actually detects uh, bad air and mm. turns colors. So this is a sensor. This is a sensor, Dan. Mm. And so, oh man, okay, I'm about to open up. I'm confiding. We're in the trust tree here, Dan. I'm confiding to you. So uh, one evening, I'm resting in bed, as one will, uh, next to uh, uh, the missus, right? And um, I decide that it's, uh, it's, it is at that time that I need to relieve some, some pressure, some pressure, 
And uh, I did so stealthily, right? <laughs> Very stealthily. But Dan, the sensor light quickly told on me. <laughs> it went from a, a, from a soothing, charming blue to like a noxious green, brown, yellow, like the light, like, cause it was kind of light illuminating the room just a tad. Yeah. But once it sensed the hell that had been emitted, it completely so noticeably changed colors. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> she knows, you know, like, I'm yeah. like, I, I, I had no idea that this had this functionality, but it's, uh, it's shaming me. You know? Okay, so ours does the shaming as well. It's also smart. It doesn't have the light that changes colors. Um, but How it does automa- it shame you? Okay. It automatically adjusts the speed of the, <laughs> the speed of the fan. So it'll, like, norm- normally it'll be very quiet. You'll forget it's there. Yeah. But, like, I'll walk in from mowing the lawn or walk in from the gym and walk past it. And then all of a sudden, it sounds like there's an airplane about to take off in my, wow. you know, in my living room and just walks by. So, um, <laughs> and I've experienced the same thing as you. And I also had pressure to relieve. And you know, this thing is quiet. And then you just kind of act like you're walking to get a drink of water. And next thing you know, kind of follows you through the house, <laughs> the middle of the night. So uh, even if the eyes are shut, you're still getting told on there. Yeah, I don't think I can say which one of those is worse. They both sound really bad because. Mine is giving the danger Will Robinson lights, and you've got a twin turbo jet <laughs> starting in the in the side side beside you. Oh, that. Um, wh- why did but the, we? Why but it's did we working, say this right? Okay, it, yeah, oh, no, but, it does. No, no, because like within a few seconds, then the light turns back blue, and it's well. That's what I do when this thing starts taking off. I just kind of look at it and give it the knowing nod and say, "Wow, <laughs> still still functioning at peak." <laughs> Okay. At peak yeah. performance. Well, which is nice. Yeah. But I get I guess when I'm trying to uh not disturb people in bed with me, right? I'm like I'm hoping that this just goes away. Like So we, is this light for yours? Is that just a like a communication device or is that also the mechanism that senses the air quality? Like could you tape it back over again and know it's still working properly? Yeah, I'm oh, we're going to tape it. <laughs> we're definitely regardless of the answer to your question, we're going to tape it. Yeah. Um because that uh you know, it, I mean, it might as well just blink. It might as well just be a siren. Jesus. I mean, that's why would they do it? Why do, why did we green light this technology? That's <laughs> what I'm asking. It, it seems smart until you're the, you're the, uh, object of the ire, the victim. You mean the yeah. victim, right? Because I, I am the victim here, Dan. So that's uh, a little Good bit. Story. Of, uh, is it though? Is it though? Uh, but that's not what we're talking about tonight, Dan. We are, uh, we're going to launch into a bit of, uh, very lighthearted TV talk. I know that most often on this show, we're talking about the serious stuff, you know, the real uh, heartbreaking, tear-jerking things. But this evening, I just wanted to have a little talk with my buddy here about the TV. Um, no real uh, set objective here. I think you and I have differences in what we seek out in terms of the television uh, but uh, I kind of wanted to pick your brain and maybe play off of you a little bit and say, this is the kind of stuff you like, this is the kind of stuff I like, and who knows? Maybe, you know, we're, we're all still in the mode that we need stuff to binge, right? Uh, so why not maybe tell our listeners a little bit about some uh, shows that they might not know about? You know, really do the world a solid, right, Dan? Sounds like a good time to me. Cool. Well, let's do that next. But first... Uh, this, this is a, uh, this is an interesting development. Our, our music so far this series has been strong to very strong. And all of a sudden, Dan, this evening, I received two submissions from top tier musicians. I, I, after, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I wanted to tell the passing gas story after, before I, <laughs> before I play these guys. We're going to start out tonight. I'm going to take a little bit of time just to tell you a little bit, kind of set this up, because it's worth setting up. The first musician we're going to play tonight is uh, a PhD candidate in music theory. I mean, that is, that's some tall cotton, right? Am I, am I wrong? No, I mean, as you and I both went to a school that's most famous for the music, so we surrounded ourselves with uh, professional 
PhD doctors in music. So um, it's very, very exciting to see one come across come across the podcast. I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that uh, this person is someone we are about to play. His name is Thomas Posen. And as I said, he's a PhD candidate in music theory up there in McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. Mm. It's, uh, I believe they're the fighting farmers. Or the French Canadians, one of the two. Indeed. And, uh, and uh, Thomas spends his days studying Beethoven's compositional process. And uh, when I listen to this track, it's a, it's a progressive house track. And when I heard it, you can just tell this dude knows his stuff. And so I'm very excited here on Men Seeking Tomahawks to present to you Thomas Posen with the track Flatline. Enjoy. You gotta feel the power lifting you up from inside.
Thomas Posen. With the track Flatline. Dan. Yeah, you can you can hear the education behind the music if that makes sense. Like you just you know, if you and I were to were to pull up a program and put some beats together, you could tell these people don't know what they're doing. Whatever the opposite of that is, that's what this was. Yeah, that was fantastic. Now if you want to hear more from uh Thomas, you can uh, actually go to thomasposen.com or menseekingtomahawks.com. We'll get you there. And there you go. And if you want to hear from any of the other musicians, too, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. Okay, Dan. So, talking TV. I know that you and I have very divergent tastes in television. Why don't you give us a little bit of a look at uh, the, the kind of thing that Dan is into? I mean, do you want like a, a rundown here of the well, of the stuff, or just like a big picture? What I yeah, here's here's what I here's what I envision. Let's um let's do this. Let's say let's kind of talk about big picture. Okay. Kind of what your thoughts are on TV in general. What you look, what you seek out, and then I've got a list of I don't know three or four shows that I thought I might talk to you about. Like these are my favorites, some of my favorite shows, but they're they're stuff that's. You know, it's not Breaking Bad and The Wire. It's stuff that's kind of a little bit like maybe you hadn't heard of this kind of thing, but it's stuff I'm way into. So let's just start with like big picture. What is what is Dan into? You know, what is it? What are your thoughts on TV just in general? Yeah, so my philosophy behind television watching is I like very light hearted things. I very rarely want to be emotionally moved in like a scary way or a thriller way or like a deep impact kind of way like I just want to like TV's my escape. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but when I do it's because I'm trying not to take things too seriously. So very regularly moves towards uh comedy or reality TV, like trashy reality TV, and not because I like the trash but because it's just such a lighthearted watch and I just don't have to give a crap about what's happening, whether it's reality TV that's actually fake or reality TV that's actually real. Either way, it's just like an easy watch. Um, and I do watch some sports and same thing. Like I'll put on sports that I don't care about because I don't have to pay attention or be be vested into it. So like big picture, that's that's the direction I go or, or is things that I just don't have to pay too much attention to it. Um, but if I pay attention to it, it's entertaining enough. That's kind of my TV philosophy. That, that, that makes sense. That fits you. Cause what I know of you is you're a workaholic. So I would imagine that when the TV is on, you definitely don't need anything that's going to grip you too hard. So I don't want to be taking notes. Yeah. Um, we just did watch <laughs> uh, squid games, which probably everyone listening at this point has either heard of or watched. Um, and that's the exact opposite of what I like. <laughs> um, it was entertaining enough because I kind of forced myself to, okay, I've heard about it. I'm going to pay attention and it was entertaining, but I, you know, some people will watch that and be like, okay, I got to find three more shows just like it to start watching now. Yeah. Me, I was like, cool. I'm good for several months, uh, from watching anything else that'll just kind of make me focus so much. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's definitely the, the way I lean. Yeah. You know, I I respect your take on TV. I've never been a fan of reality television, and I probably don't like it for the same reason that you do. And, and I think it, it has a lot to do for me with the, the writer's strike that happened. Oh, gosh. That must have been well over a decade now ago. Oh, five, oh, six. It was somewhere in that. It was somewhere in that range. Where you had all the scripted television went away, and it was all replaced by like American Gladiators, and just whatever sort of weird reality show that they could put out there, and it just made me feel as if, like, okay, so all the talented people are on strike, so this schlock is just exploiting, just getting guys to do, you know embarrassing you know just shock value sort of things uh they're not talent they're not actors but because it's reality that's okay you know it, it's it's like i don't know that's always felt kind of like a uh like a shell game to me you know and that was actually a very interesting turning point in television you mentioned it because you're talking specifically about reality tv but uh 
like all of the shows that was back before we had television on Netflix and Hulu and stuff. Everything was broadcast TV or cable. Um, but a lot of those shows would be filmed or shot, I should say, uh, not too far in advance of when they were actually supposed to air. So you had all of these series that, you know, they started the fall season and then what was it like six episodes in on these shows that are supposed to be 25 episodes or 30 episodes in length just stopped. And then, all the all the networks just scrambled or had you know these mid season replacements that they had in the can ready to go and a lot of them were the reality shows just loaded them in there and it was just like a like a hard stop on the television schedule it's like okay all the shows that were playing uh, I don't you know I don't know what it was but hey they started in September it's November they're all done for the season yeah all the shows stopped and then like several of the several of the movies and other uh, media just kind of winged it so i remember that was when the james bond movie the quantum of solace came out and i remember watching the commentary on that and uh what's his name daniel craig was the james bond the the present the current james bond at least as we record this Uh, i remember he like there was no script there's no script for a major motion picture (laughs) so like Daniel Craig is out there doing like something like directing or something, putting scenes together. Just kind well, of these guys are basically like it. the Anchorman, right? Like, uh, yeah, you put the you put the script in front of them and they do it. Like these these are not for the most part trained improv or actors or writers themselves. Yeah, and you could tell, and that's one of the worst <laughs> James Bond movies. And yeah, that I don't know. I guess that's why I think about the the reality television. Like, I'm married to someone who was on a reality TV show. It's actually how we met. And I don't know. I've always just felt kind of icky about them. I, I think for entertainment value and the way that you approach them, that's cool. But there's probably, there's like the fanatic people, the people that are way into these things, you know, the competitions and all that stuff that, I don't know, they're just, they're just bought into something that's, uh, I don't know, just makes me feel, eh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have the super fans or whatever you want to call them, like you were referencing that, you know, whether it's the Kardashians or the Real Housewives, and these people, very, these viewers will very much, like, live vicariously through these shows or, um, yeah, just take, like, I don't even know what you say, but just take it so seriously that it becomes, like, they're, they try to emulate their lives after the show or kind of, you know, adopt those habits or those actions or whatever um, versus... I think a lot of people, it's like, hey, trashy reality TV, like they see it for what it is and they enjoy it for what it is versus like, yeah. hey, this is real, real reality, which yeah. I don't think exists. No. Well, good point. And it just, I don't know. It's to me, it's just a bit exploitative, you know? Okay. So your direction then, because that, that's, that's me, but yeah. you're obviously and, the opposite, but what does that mean? And I do think there's in the Venn diagram of Dan and Jack's TV consumption, like you said, there's some comedy. You really like comedy and definitely that's one of my favorites. I love comedy shows. But uh, I'm okay with what sh- what you were saying about having to pause a show and take notes and like maybe pull out <laughs> Wikipedia and figure out okay season one what did they reference there so I guess I'm more like I'm more into drama I'm more into the Games of Thrones the you know the fiction that sort of thing uh, but but I but I'm very selective like and that's you have to be these days Jesus Christ like. We, we really are living, we truly are in the golden age of television, right? There's just so much TV to watch out there. And I just feel like I have to give things some time to rest. You know, like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, I, I needed to sit on those a while before I could really invest in them, you know. Uh, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm totally fine with uh, an epic. I think that's the cool thing, you know, because... Nowadays, I think the most epic storytelling is television. And so I I don't have, you know, I think I have more time than you. I think I like sleep a little bit more than you do. But I do consume more TV, I feel like, than you do to some extent. And, and what I am watching, you know, I want it to be like the best. Like I want it to, I want it to be worth the time. Yeah, I can see that perspective for sure. If you're going to spend the time doing it, then make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about it. So guys coming up next, if Dan is okay with it, 
my plan is to move into a little bit of a an homage to a show that Dan used to produce called Entrepreneur Showdown, where two guys would just battle. They would just pick up their entrepreneurships and just beat each other with them. We're going to kind of do that with uh, with television. I'm going to throw an idea, Dan, maybe try to convince him to give it a looky-loo, and he can do the same, you know, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for road rules or whatever. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a good guess then. So anyway, guys, so that's coming up next. But first, we're going to move on to uh, another class act musician that I am extremely excited to play on the show. He goes by the handle Death Kitty Disco. Now, uh, Death Kitty Disco is actually Michael Alvarez uh, from San Antonio, Texas. He is an award-winning guitarist and songwriter from down in San Antonio. He's well-known uh, in many music circles, and, and he writes many different genres of music. Uh, he's won Best Acoustic Guitarist of San Antonio four times at uh, San Antonio Guitar Wars and once won the Best Electric Guitarist Award. So uh, for your listening enjoyment, here you are. This is Death Kitty Disco with the song Deep right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. Much faster now than never before. I don't know the house or the wise of what I've done out of control. And who, who's to answer? Keeps calling me.
keeps calling me. Death Kitty Disco with the track Deep. Just a little bit of acoustic singer-songwriter goodness for you there, Dan. You are welcome. Thank you. All right, so shall we flip a coin here? How do you want to handle this, Dan? How about, how about uh, this was my idea. How about you go first? Let's, uh, let's hear yeah, Dan's Yeah, I should go pitch. first. Are okay. we going back and forth here, or are you hearing all my shows and then I'm hearing all yours? I think we should go back and forth. Okay. Well, real qu- I've got three, but I do have an honorable mention for a show that um, when, I, when I think about shows that impacted me greatly that I'm very certain Jack didn't watch, uh, the, 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 one of those would be The Hills um, reality show. So how do I spell that? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's spelt like it sounds. Okay, thank um, you. But I'm no, right, it's from the... Uh, it down. It's from the... It started as Laguna Beach on MTV, which was billed as the real-life OC. I don't know if you remember in the early aughts, the show The oh. OC, which was a drama. Here's what I know about The OC. Things are really heating up in The OC. I, I heard that. When things time. were heating up in the OC, uh, Laguna Beach was the real OC. The Hills was the spinoff of that once they got out of high school. And then, fun fact, The City was a spinoff of The Hills um, when they moved to New York. Uh, but that was not um, – <laughs> that's my honorable mention. Uh, the first one here, and I'm just starting with this because it's the, the, most, um, the most cliche one. But I'm bringing it up because I know it's a show that you've not watched, and I don't know why because I think you should – is the office okay i've seen the original office okay but that's not this one no no i watched the british version of the office which was magic but only like seven episodes yeah and obviously i i hate i don't want to i don't need to explain this but the office was made for america based on the british one that ricky gervais uh, was a star of and also kind of behind putting it together and it is a show that I think was Netflix's most popular show ever. Um, it got pulled off of Netflix onto Peacock, and Peacock service is basically only in existence because it has The Office, and that's the only place to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it just surprises me because it's it seems like the kind of show, at least most of the seasons. I, I know it's people kind of thought it was a roller coaster. Early seasons and late seasons were bad, but in the middle was kind of where the gold was. Um, but it just seems like a show that you would like. Um, and oh, not, not questioning this whatsoever. That's why it's like, why is why is Jack never given it a shot? I, don't I have no, okay. I've not I've not binged it, but yeah. I have totally watched The Office before, and and definitely going to happen. This is the cool thing. Like this is my uh, this is my modus operandi, if that's the way you pronounce that of TV. Sure. So much good TV that you're you're aware of. These are known quantities, right? I'm going to watch that one day for the first time as like a binge. And as that an old will man be, and you're going to be like, yeah. Which is cool whenever. But that's the thing, right? Once I've done it, it's gone. Think about that, Dan. Think about the <laughs> gift that I'm giving myself. That one day I'm going to sit down I'm going to watch The Office from end to end. And, and I will have consumed it just as you have. But I still have that magic waiting for me. The adventure has not yet been had. Okay, so my wife does something similar with shows that we know there's another season of, either because it's currently airing, airing, like Ted Lasso right now is the one currently, where she's like, okay, we're going to watch every episode except the finale, because then when you watch the finale, there's nothing left until the next one, until the next season comes out. But if we save the finale, there's always something there for us. And I was like, but that doesn't make sense, because (laughs) it's like, like, I don't know, it feels like a cat chasing its tail, or I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than it doesn't make sense to me. So is she saying that she watches episodes beyond the finale, but then goes back and watches the finale? Or am I like No, it'll she- be like right now, like, okay, Ted Lasso season two finale just aired in the yes. present time at the time of recording. Right. Season three is probably a year away. So she's like, Okay, let's watch every episode except the finale, and then we can watch the finale okay. when the next season is available. That's and I don't understand I don't understand that, but it, it seems somewhat similar in concept to you of saying like right now it's still there for you to watch. But once you watch it, it's yeah. not there for you to watch anymore. No, I see what she's doing though. I don't agree. I don't think she's <laughs> I don't right. Either. But I know what she's doing. All what I do instead, because there's certain shows that I watch that kinda like you said, 
they're very dense shows and it's really easy to forget certain storylines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what I'll normally do if I'm going and watching, like if I'm watching uh, one of the shows I watch is The Boys, which is a good show, not one of my recommendations, but it's so character laden that I'll go back and watch the, like there'll be YouTube like primers, you know, um, it's kind of like the last season on mm. Cheers, you know, and then you'll, they'll go through everything that happened. I feel like that's kind of what your missus is doing. Yeah, I think so. Kind too. of. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, okay. Again, I don't agree with it. Okay, but yeah, so that's my first one. The Office cliche started out light, but I only bring it up because it's something that I've constantly been bewildered why it's not something you've okay. adopted. But good to that's... know that it's on the someday list. Oh, yeah. There's, like I said, golden age of TV. I'm, I'm happily, I'm very excited. One day. One day, Dan. So here's my, here's my first recommendation, and I do think that it's one that you may have at one point been forced to sit down and watch with me uh, when we used to, way back in the yesteryear, when we used to record this thing live, right? In person, um, yeah. So there is one of my favorite human beings on this planet in terms of someone I don't know or family or friend, but just a person who I think is brilliant and has not led me astray one single time in any of his endeavors. And I sp- I'm speaking of one Matt Barry. I am perplexed as to why the name Matt Barry isn't something that everyone knows at this point. Because I think this might be the most genius human being on the planet right now. Not only from a comedy perspective, uh, but also he's like an uh, an accomplished musician as well. Or musician. 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 But um, the Matt Berry vehicle, which I am recommending to Dan, is a show called Toast of London. Now, I'm 99% certain that I might have even drunk gifted you a dvd at one point of i think show. i might have like every dvd season of that courtesy of you you might so if you're you wondering might. where your series is at it's it's at my house so toast of london is about a a a, a failed actor by the name of stephen toast he's living in london he does some theater he does some he's just trying to make it but he's he's over the hill but he's played by Matt Berry, and I swear to God, you know, the whole, it's three seasons, not a perfect show by any means, but every time I watch Matt Berry, it is equally entertaining and absurd. It is just my perfect show. The guy is just, he's great. I, if, if I could pull like a little mermaid thing, like he has the weirdest inflection, like his accent. I don't think I know of any other english person who has the same accent as him like delivery you know uh if i could pull like a little mermaid thing where i could trade my voice with his for hit for my soul or something we're done like ursula just you know if you're listening just let's do this but just his delivery is hilarious the show is hilarious it's well worth your time and really not that much of an ask either so i have an interesting relationship with that show and with british comedy in general and that is like you're my only friend who watches that type of show. So for example, with that one, you and I did watch the first two seasons together spread over the course of several years. I think we would just, when we were hanging out and there wasn't anything else to do or on, we would put on episodes and, uh, really enjoyed it. It was a ton of fun watching it with you. And then you mentioned, you lent me uh, the season three DVD, you know, and I sat down with my wife. I was like, Hey, you got to check this show out. It's hilarious. And put on the first one and, you know, Kind of you look over and they're kind of, you know, looking down or looking at their phone or something like that. And it's like, oh, you don't think this is funny? Like Jack and I would just laugh and laugh. It's like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's real good. And it's like, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it off. You don't have to watch episode two. Um, but on the flip side, when I'm, I've been hanging out with some other friends of mine and I would be like, hey, check out the show. And I would put on usually clips like I'd remember funny scenes. So some of the voiceover scenes he would do God, the voiceover um, scenes. just funny scenes. And I would put them on for friends and we'd watch them. And then it became kind of like jokes amongst those friends, like yep. those scenes. So it, it's funny, and I've found people to watch that. But I just, other than you, like 
kind of that to me again that was a relationship with that specific show and it like you were the glue that kind of held me to it oh that's sweet uh, british humor is not for everyone but Agreed. i i have i have a fondness for it not all of it but uh i think matt berry in general like you can go delve into his catalog i got a few of his albums and you might even recognize uh, him from some commercials right an insurance they, commercial i believe or yes. no quiz or tax commercial? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, something to that effect. No, he's he's making his way uh, over here to this side, and it is uh, it is it is it is time. It is time, Dan. And it is also time to hear your next recommendation. All right. So this is one that's currently airing. Uh, two seasons have aired so far, and I think maybe the third has just come out. It's a Netflix original reality show, and it's called The Circle. What is your familiarity with The Circle, Jack? Well, I'll have you know that uh, Grover was uh, actually just telling me about the circle earlier today. There's there's no corners, not a single corner, Dan. I kid you not. All right. That's your extent of knowledge of the circle. Um, it's actually, I, I want to say it's probably one of the more popular original reality shows on Netflix. And they put out a bunch, a bunch of dating shows and love at first sight kind of things. Um, but the circle, I like this one because most reality shows are about it seems like, like finding love or making matches and all this. And this is simply, it's like a game show. You're trying to determine a winner. The winner gets a gets a cash prize, and it's nothing to do with finding love or anything like that. Um, there's no people at home voting you off. It's very much, um, well, it's called The Circle because the whole idea behind it is it's this social network within the show, and it's trying to replicate or emulate like a Facebook or like a Twitter where people emerge as influencers and become uh, kind of leaders of these social media channels. Like you have these TikTok influencers, for instance, who weren't famous before, but they just do things on the platform, leverage the platform. And next thing you know, they're famous making millions of dollars on TikTok because they're good at TikTok. That's what this is. And the whole goal is you've got, I think they start out with six or eight contestants and they lock them all in this giant like apartment building and they all have their own rooms their own suites and they some of them adopt their own personas like hey i'm dan and i'm going in there as dan but you can go in there as a catfish as well and all that people see and you've got like a tv and an alexa device that you talk to and you say hey circle send this message to the group or hey circle and they set up like their profiles and stuff so you might have this old like they'd have this um you know this old straight guy who's playing you know this young you know, this young gay, like swinging guy that's, you know, real, who adopts this character, or you have, you know, women that play men, men that play women, old people that play young people. Um, sometimes you got husbands that play as their wives or wives that play as their husbands. Um, but you all basically adopt these personas and then you join the social network. And the whole goal is to become the influencer. So you make friends with the other people in the group. Uh, it's, like again like this kind of closed social network and then at the end of each round whatever that round is like a week or something like that everyone has to rank the other contestants from number one through number 10 and it's just really it, it to me it's very entertaining because you have some people who are playing themselves like you really want them to win you're like this person's genuine this person has a good personality they seem like a nice person uh, the show will kind of do the um the uh, like the bio pieces behind them, so you actually learn these people's real life stories, not just what they're portraying. But then you kind of have those like those catfish who you're like, oh, they're the they're the bad guys, right? They adopt that, you know. You kind of want to see them lose and get exposed. Um, and there's a whole lot of like little twists and turns that happen. But big picture is it's trying to take what we see every day on you know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, and kind of making making game out of it and uh, and some of the cool things are that it'll like or one of the cool things is it like kind of opens your eyes to hey like this is interesting that's happened on the game show but this is actually like what happens to us and like how we're influenced so to speak on some of these existing channels in real life so i'm equally intrigued but also confused so it's a confusing okay. topic or confusing concept so are they are they on facebook and it's like its own TikTok? like closed network. It's like a okay, Facebook. So, okay, so they are like the it's circle. It's called the circle. Is, is the name the of the network. Thing. Okay, and it's all happening in that closed environment. And the the people they're trying to influence are just the people in the closed environment. Not yep. They're not trying to gain other people using the network. Of it. Just like it would be on one of those platforms. Okay, 
and like how many people are we talking are ish there's like eight only um, eight there's only okay. eight and then like as huh. and then people will come and go so if you're ranked like the bottom in or if you're ranked as the top influencer wow. of the week then you get to choose who gets eliminated okay. and you know kind of when you get eliminated you go and visit the person that eliminated you and then they say oh my gosh you were a you know, you were a dude the whole time, and I thought you were – I was hitting on you or something like that because they still, like, talk, right. and they can say whatever they want. Um, oh, but then wow. a new person will come in, and they, you know, okay. round out the eight. So, yeah. So, it's okay. it's light watching again. It's still airing. Um, it's interesting because I think it was a British series to start with. They adapted it for the U.S., and then now, like, France yeah. and Brazil has their own. So, now Netflix of has course. all the versions out there. But it's it's something – and, and – this is unrelated to this show, but related to how Netflix has started to do things. I don't know if you've noticed this, but they're starting to not drop all the episodes at once to some of these shows. Oh, really? So you had you know traditional television where every week a new episode would come out, and then Netflix and Hulu and, and all of those became popular for you know dropping 12 episodes of Tiger King on you, and you just binge watch it. And now right. they've gone back to doing a little bit like your traditional, hey, every Monday we're going to release a new episode. And I actually... I've started to like that. Yeah, we could talk about that later because I remember when Netflix early on in its uh, development, we were talking about Game of Cards, House of Cards, Game yeah. of Cards, some the, the the spacey thing, and how that was like this algorithmic developed thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there's the same because there's that that go that back and forth between shows that are released weekly as opposed to shows that are just dropped and. What does that mean for viewership and blah, blah, blah. We should we should cover that sometime in the future. But for now, I will say I'm intrigued by what you said about the circle. And I have circled the circle. And again, no corners. It's thank you, Grover. Thank I you, Grover. Sesame Street is just that's not my not that's my your recommendation. Second one. No, 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 it's not. Okay, it is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my second one is not British, but it is Canadian. And I feel like I've thrown this at you so many times, just hoping it would, just praying, just before I go to bed every night, just on my knees inside of the bed, just, dear God, please let Dan embrace Letter Kenny because Letter Kenny is such a good show, Dan. And gosh, it has, it, you have Tefloned that thing so hard. Are there strong accents in this show? No. One of our other compatriots swears that he can't understand the accents and I don't I think that's just a cop out but letter Kenny if there is such a thing as uh Americana this would be Canadicana mm. if if that's a word that I can use uh it's a show about rural Canada and you have I guess their equivalent of rednecks and also meth addicts but then also uh, hockey jocks, and then there's some weirdo Christian kind of people, and it's just um, it's just a brilliant show. It's on Hulu. Started as a like a YouTube series or something to that effect, and uh, I guess there's five or six seasons now. And man, I gotta tell you, that show is amazing. It this is, is drama, comedy. It's comedy. definitely more comedy. Okay. Yeah, my two uh, so far. I'm 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 delving. I'm trying to talk. I know my audience here. <laughs> I know I know who I'm talking to. D- both of these are definitely things that I think you would enjoy. Um, the lead guy, he plays the 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 lead character. Uh, he's he's a, he's just funny. He's kind of like this strapping young redneck guy. But yeah, really good cast. Uh, very interesting. Like it's just. It's just worth your time. And the soundtrack, actually, it's funny. The soundtrack is this weird mix of uh, like techno and punk. And uh, one of our buddies that we used to wrestle with, Adam, I definitely got him into this show. And I feel like primarily it was because of the, the music. The music is actually pretty legit to the point where I'll use it when I'm working out in the garage. Like I'll just put on like a... Uh, playlist and shuffle them and sometimes you're getting like the but I'm like okay just boop and then the next song's fine but definitely worth your time Dan I'm just saying yeah it's one I do want to watch I I feel like I don't know it's a weird 
force field between me and, and that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I've heard like the accent thing and anytime I've had a show where it's just hard to understand, like I'll put on the, the I'll put on the captions and then, then I'm like, okay, that's an extra investment that I have to have because then I'm like having to read and comprehend the kind of storyline and stuff. So Yeah. If I have your word that that's just one of our friends being a little too dramatic then I might believe you and not them. Well, I, I have old man ears, Dan, and so I will tell you that if there's an audio issue or if there's like heavy accent, I usually check out pretty quick. I've never felt this way about this show. Definitely give it a shot. It is that that one. Like I already feel like you've you've looked at Toast of London, so I don't know what else to say there. But with 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 Letter Kenny, I feel like you'd be into that. So what's your next? Uh, what's your your ultimate? recommendation so this is my ultimate one and i feel bad because you somewhat spoiled it there um early on but (laughs) (laughs) this is uh so it's a culmination of two shows that i watched very regularly when i was young um my first exposure to reality television this was 10 years before the writer strike so this is maybe uh the golden era of reality television but this show is the real world road rules challenge now Mm. simply known as the challenge and it is two shows, uh, Road or Real World, which I think everyone is familiar with to some extent, that started in 1992. You got your strangers living in a house and then almost kind of the Seinfeld thing. It's just them doing normal things in the house and drama breaks out. Um, it's a culmination of that show and then Road Rules, which was the show kind of as a preteen I was way more into. That started in 1995 and ran, I don't know, for a decade, decade and a half after that. Uh, but that was kind of your first, almost like, like a uh, amazing race is what I compare it to. That's the more modern show where these people just kind of live in this van and go from city to city and do different like physical challenges and mental challenges and stuff as they drove this road in this kind of tour bus, and there would be eliminations and things like that. So those two shows, at some point, MTV came up with a great idea. You know, we've developed these like stars these people that were on road rules and real world became kind of pop culture stars and they were trying to figure out how can we kind of reuse the stardom or or repurpose the stardom from these people and they came up with this show called the challenge where they'd bring kind of those all stars from past seasons of those two shows and put them in these well these challenges and so they would bring you know 20 of them to a house on some crazy island and every day or every week or whatever the cadence was, they'd go out and do these physical challenges. So they'd have to, you know, hang from a helicopter or like it's kind of like fear factor type things. Um, so when this show debuted, it was in the era of fear factor. So that was like the real popular thing is like watching people put their bodies through crazy, you know, challenges and and determining winners. Um, so this show is very whereas the circle's hard to explain are hard to describe, uh, the challenge is very easy to describe. You've got a group of people, you go through challenges, you eliminate them. Usually it's physical challenges. Sometimes they do like, you know, puzzle games. Sometimes they'll do like eating challenges. So that kind of leans on that fear factor too, where they'll eat gross things or massive amounts of things. Well, um, and, and it's MTV too, right? So uh, they have to be the youthful and the beautiful, right? I'm assuming. Like, not they a whole do, lot but here's where it gets interesting is... Elder is you know just like they would kind of take those all-star participants from the previous shows and put them on the challenge well then you know the the people on the challenge started kind of becoming stars of their own so you have these recurring characters so it's not like it's not like hey see this season's over let's bring in a new cast you've got these people who you know are the villains and they'll bring them back and they'll skip a season and i think this thing has been going on 20 or 30 seasons now so you've got these like storylines within the challenges. So then they started theming these challenges like, oh, we have Battle of the X's because like through so many seasons, people have hooked up and broken up. So they'll put pit teams together or they'll pair you up. They'll team you up into a team competition where everyone's teamed up with an X and all the drama that that'll bring up. So it's really this is one that I probably would say like you would never have any interest in watching. But as we talk about things that's like right down, you know, my alley, right in my wheelhouse, it's this. And I think it's because I was a fan of those shows. And then this yeah. was like the, the combination of those shows. And then, you know, it's, I, I don't watch fear factor anymore. It's, it's not out there, but it's the, the same kind of thing that got people to like that, which is watching the physical challenges and, and people put their bodies through things, same thing. But 
you know, with a with a touch of trashy reality show thrown in. <laughs> you know, that's your thing, man, and I I can I can appreciate that. And I'll I'll be honest, as as much as I'm likely not to watch that show, I will I will check out the circle. I think, but as as much as I'm unlikely to watch your ultimate recommendation, I get the feeling, especially based off of the prior segment, that you will absolutely shun this recommendation <laughs> I have because. Again, I, I tried to pick out some shows that I didn't think were uh, the most uh, visible. I, I'm not kidding myself because I know that each one of these shows has massive cult followings and millions of fans. But I just feel, you know, my 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 thought here was, well, let me let me see if there's anything that maybe somebody hasn't heard of. And a show that over the past, I guess, two or three years, I've had a lot of fun watching and I just think it's so well done but it also checks a lot of boxes that you would rather it not check <laughs> is is a show that is currently on the Amazon Prime it's a show called The Expanse and it's essentially Game of Thrones in space like if I could if I could surmise it in a few words it's it's essentially that and and I gotta say, man, um, it's coming. I think it's coming back, so I'm I'm really excited. I think they got one more season left, but this show makes me happy for so many reasons. It's a science fiction show. It's it's based off of a, 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 a novel. I think it's a series of novels, and it is so good, so good, Dan. The acting is is impeccable. The, 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 the notice, like the, the amount of the attention to detail that they have, like from a science fiction standpoint, like for instance, just as a little thing, anytime there's a big space battle, like two spaceships are going after it, there's zero sound. And I love that because, you know, there's no sound in space, mm. but like so many times you're watching Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever, lasers going <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> It's like this, like they, they had these little, these very nice little uh, detail points that makes me happy. But just the story itself and the amount of world building. And I think everyone at this point realizes as amazing as Game of Thrones was at times, it stalled out real bad. Like the wheels fell off there in the last season or two. But this show has has had the ability to build what I think is as equally impressive of a storyline. It's essentially, you've got, I guess, three factions. Like you have the Earth, and then you have the people that live on Mars. Like Mars has been kind of colonized. It's not quite where they want it yet. Like they haven't terraformed it. Uh, and then you have the people that live in the asteroid belt. And they're like, they're basically like the lowest of the low. Like they're in terms of the uh, the way they're treated, you know. Uh, but they, they are the ones that bring resources to people on Earth and on Mars. And so you basically have these three factions, and then there's all sorts of interesting alien things and, uh, like, terrorist plot lines. And I think the cool thing about science fiction is that it, it gives a... My favorite science fiction is stuff that gives another way to look at present day issues. You know, taking something that's going on presently and making it different, you know. And this show does a really good job at that. You know, it's class warfare, it's um, inequality, it's lots of, lots of things like that. You know, depleted resources, that sort of thing. Um, but man, dude, it is, um, it's a good, I think it's a real good show. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised. I don't hear more people talking about it. Yeah. As you were describing it, I definitely got the sense that there was some social commentary happening, um, along, along with the show of the class warfare specifically when you're talking about the different classes of, of citizens there. Um, yeah, I, saying this i feel super close-minded but like you, you you're too when you said it's a uh, game of thrones meets space or in space <laughs> i was like those are two of the fastest checkout uh things yeah. i have um 
I, I, I am married to someone who watched Game of Thrones religiously and probably has watched it multiple times. And I watched the first episode and it just was not for me. Um, there just n- was nothing about it that could hold my attention. And well, it's funny because Game of Thrones was the first show I thought of when you mentioned you don't like to have to take notes on a show. Because there were so many times during Game of Thrones where I was like, pause, hold on. <laughs> Wikipedia, like uh, yeah. John Stark's dad's cousin's uncle. Okay, I, okay, re, okay, start it. You know, yeah. definitely, definitely immersion. Like Dan does not do. But I can, immersion. I can. I just don't. It's just not not what I enjoy. Um, yeah. That and then combined with the space. I just never was able to get into like Star Wars or even Star Trek and it's been kind of, the Star Wars especially cuz it seems like everybody's into Star Wars especially now with you know Disney Plus and having yeah. the spin-off series and more movies and then Disney World having like Star Wars World or whatever it is there's um, too much there but there's so much and it seems like you know I'm definitely in the minority there um and tried to get into it tried to get into Star Trek too because Star Trek actually appealed to me more than Star Wars because it was it felt like real life things just happening in a different type of environment is how I always saw Star Trek. Absolutely. Um, and but you know they were just it was happening on I don't know. Uh but it just was never anything. That was something my dad was into with Star Trek. So it was something that I was exposed to and just couldn't get into it. Um but I don't know when you talk about how good it is it makes me think like okay that sounds like something I could probably convince my wife to watch, and then at least I can, you know, stick my head in on the first episode and then let her take off with it if it's not <laughs> if it's not for me. That's usually how most of these things go. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Dan. Just like you, you enjoyed Toast of London with me. I think that I could be your guide to uh, several of these entertainment options because uh, I like quality. Let's just let me just you know I don't want to brag, but. Uh, if I'm watching TV, it better be well worth my time. And I'm sure I could, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll have like a like a cool sleepover, cool 40-year-old men sleepover, and uh, we'll just we'll just binge some, binge some shows. Yeah, and I think like you said, the kind of the moral of this to me is, is something you said earlier, which we are in the golden era of TV, and I think the streaming services has really kind of opened the doors for good TV, because we've always had lots of TV, but a lot of it was never this good. Right. Um, and the list is just so long. Like, there's just so many shows that I just want to start. That, and it seems like before you can even finish whatever one you're working on, there's three more that you're either being recommended or you're you're hearing, you seeing pop up on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. You mentioned like it's so underrated. There's a lot of good stuff on there, but you never hear anything talked about. Right. Um, kind of in 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 mass. So, yeah, it's it seems like I'm falling more and more behind versus ever getting caught up on things. No, it's not a bad it's not a bad problem to have. And I just think you have to be discerning. I mean, really that's it. And that's why I'm like very hesitant to start anything until I hear the right people say the right thing about it because there is there's so many things that people will just gush over. It's like, "Oh, it's so good." And then you get into it and it's like, "I cannot believe I have taken my time. I my heart will only beat so many times while I'm on this earth." And I gave some of those, several of those heartbeats to, you know, X, Y, Z. Looking at you, Yellowstone. There, I said it. Oh, you just broke some hearts. Oh, I hope I did. I hope I lost some listeners there, Dan. We lost the right ones. (laughs) All right, Dan, how how do you feel? We good? Yeah. We good. We good. I have have at least one one new show that I I feel like I've been convinced to watch. I'm going to go look at The Circle. The Circle. Yeah, start there. I'm going to have a look. You know, maybe this is the end of another Men Seeking Tomahawks. Maybe we'll record a bit later this week. I don't know. Or maybe time is an illusion, so everyone should just do your best. Be sure to subscribe to the program on your favorite podcast app. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining us on the social media. And to hear more from the musicians featured on today's program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I'm Dan. 